What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. It's Friday. You know what that means. Mimosa Michelle is here. Hi, Michelle. Hey, hey. I brought my mimosa this time. I did not oh, let there it down. Is. It's a big, it's a big boy. Very good. Look at that. Living up to the name. How was the, I know last week you did like a decathlon, triathlon, see if your heart explodes event. I won. I got first place. You did? Group. You got first? In my group. It's a group of 16 of us, but there were some men in there too, and I beat them. So I was proud of that. Nice. But I got first place out of the 16 of us. I will say it's kind of cheating because the group who went before us were like the like the best. They were going for regional, so they competed against everybody in the Houston area after you know, if they win. So like all the best people were in the first one. And then I was going against the second tier peeps, but hey, I won against the second tier peeps. A win is a win is a win. Take it and do not apologize for it. Uh, please, everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, and for the podcast audience, if you are subscribed to a feed that has a picture of a sign that says we are moving, that feed is going dark tomorrow on April 1st. So you have to go search for the gold standard. You'll see the logo, the familiar logo that you know. Please, please, please follow us there and leave reviews, please, because so many of you left bad reviews because you were mad at SB Nation because they laid me off, which was I appreciate the support. But now that we own the feed, we need to get that star rating back up. So please leave a review uh, like this one from Umberto to Sylvia Cardenas. Great to see stats and the crew back. This is my favorite 49ers podcast. And uh, let's see, there was one more here. Here we go. WWE champs say no. Welcome back. Five stars. Rob's energy and passion makes the whole network. Love Mimosa Michelle and superstar Steph. I like that nickname for Steph. Levin brings a different perspective. Grant Cohn is what is awful about 49ers Twitter and sports media. Vish is wonderful and enjoy what he brings. Jason Aponte is the place kicker of 49ers content creators, which is, just makes it the best review ever. <laughs> what do you think they mean by that? Well, Jason hates kickers with a white hot passion, so I'm sure they're just doing it to tweak him, but I'm definitely going to pass that message along because that just made my day. So please, please, please leave a rating and a review. Five stars, nothing less. Michelle will not tolerate anything less than five stars. I will. You either give us a one or a five. That's it. You either hate us or you love us. And if it's in between, just let it go. It's either (laughs) a five or a one. That's the only way I'll respect you. Okay. Two things we're going to talk about on today's show. First, we're going to talk about Brandon Ayuk trade rumors because one team has bubbled up that has piqued Michelle's interest. And then we're going to get to some win totals, some over-unders. We'll talk about the 49ers win total and some other teams that we either like or don't like. You know me, Michelle. I love when the win totals come out. It's one of my favorite days of the year. But let's start with the Ayuk stuff. There are rumors swirling in the Twitter sphere and other places that Ayuk could be on the block potentially to join up with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Your thoughts? I mean, I think it's a great landing spot for him. I think it would be great for the Chiefs to trade for him. I think it'd be great for Ayuk to be the number one target or at least number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. I don't love that. It would be the 31st overall pick. That's not enough for Brandon Ayuk. I was saying he can get a first rounder for sure, but I want one of those higher twenties or even in teens. There's so many teams right now that need a wide receiver. And this draft class is not strong. Like Brandon Ayuk would be the number one wide receiver in this draft class. So when you look at, when you see in the teens, you have the Titans and the Patriots and the Packers and like even Pittsburgh, but not so much, but even the chargers or I don't know, there's so many different teams, Minnesota that could use a wide receiver that the 31st overall pick isn't enough. They would also have to throw in then like a second next year or something. I brought up to you, the Steelers got the 32nd overall pick for chase Claypool. So no, you will not just take the 31st overall pick for Brandon Ayuk, who is 10 times the talent of chase Claypool. You mentioned the Packers in there. Wouldn't it be the irony of all ironies for them to trade for Brandon Ayuk, bring in a real weapon the same year they trade away Aaron Rodgers to the AFC? Like that would just be a slap in the face. Uh, That would be a good move by Green Bay. Get a 25-year-old wide receiver who's really, really good for for Jordan Love, your new quarterback that you think is, you know, 
going to carry the team for the next 10 years. Do the 49ers, whatever pick they got for Ayuk, would they have to then use that pick on a wide receiver? Because I hate when teams do that. I don't think they necessarily have to. I mean, you still have Debo, Kittle, CMC. I mean, you drafted Danny Gray. You had to have liked him, like give him a shot. So I think you still have so many weapons there that it's not necessary that you have to spend the first round pick on him. You probably would have to use one of your third rounders on you know, trying out another wide receiver, but I don't think it has to be the first rounder. I would not be stunned at all if Brandon Ayuk was dealt either before or during the draft. Uh, They're going to decide on his fifth-year option. John Lynch said he would be, quote, shocked if they didn't pick up the fifth-year option, but he didn't say that they would pick up the fifth-year option. They don't have to decide till after the draft anyway. So I wouldn't be stunned. I think if you want him, there's an offer you can make the 49ers that could get him. And I don't think it's going to be like three first round picks. You know, it'd be a there's a reasonable offer there because the Niners can't pay Debo and Ayuk and Bosa and all these guys. Like you said, they did take Danny Gray. I think that Kyle Shanahan thinks that he can piece it together with wide receivers and other players, especially now with Christian McCaffrey in the mix full time. So I, I you know, I wouldn't get too attached to Brandon Ayuk. And if you're Ayuk, you know, maybe don't buy any green bananas. <laughs> I will just say, like, they cannot trade. Like, what are you going to get at the 31st overall pick that's worth trading away, Brandon Ayuk? That's where I'm saying, like, I don't think that's enough. I would rather just keep him for this season, try to win it all. And then, yeah, you might lose him and not get much for him. But, I mean, you, he would be what? fourth? He's a fourth year right now, right? They, did they pick up his fifth year option? Uh, I just said that they they say they might. They would be shocked if they don't. Okay, so they'll still have his rights. Like I, I'm not doing it for the 31st overall pick, and I am on the trade Brandon Ayuk train. Like I think this is the time to get the most for him right now. But I'm only like the Patriots are perfect at number 14. They want to send me the number 14 pick. Have Brandon Ayuk go ahead because you can get a difference maker at number 14. And you're like number 31, I, you're, it's just a luck of a draw at that point. Are you really getting someone that's going to change your team? Maybe you could, but it's just way riskier. That's fair. The Patriots, man, that makes a lot of sense too. That would be interesting if they were to do that. Do you, what about like a Trey Lance, Brandon Ayuk, 2024 first round pick for Lamar Jackson? What about that? Yeah. I mean, I brought up a trade like that when we did our trade, when we, when I pretended to be a GM, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I personally, I say, go for it. Try it out. I would trade anyone, literally anyone to get Lamar Jackson. But I think they're too invested in after this week, they're too invested in Brock Purdy. They're a hundred percent in. They think he's going to come back fully healthy. They think he's going to make that second year leap and be a the real deal. So I think if you can trade for Lamar, you do it. But I I think they're just putting all their eggs in the basket with Brock Purdy. I honestly think that they're not committed specifically to Brock Purdy. They are committed to having a quarterback on a cheap deal. I honestly don't think they care if it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. I mean, obviously with Brock, it's pretty much the cheapest deal a quarterback can have because it's a rookie deal and he was the last pick of the entire draft. But I honestly think, I mean, Kyle said it this week that having a cheap quarterback room was, quote, everything. That was literally the word he used. I really don't think they care if it's Brock or Trey. I think the reason that they like Brock so much now is because he does have that seven-game sample where they were putting up 33 points a game and he didn't lose. But I honestly don't think that they really care about him specifically. I think that they just want a cheap quarterback room because ultimately the Niners believe the way to win a Super Bowl is to have as good a roster as possible. And the way to do that is to have a cheap quarterback. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Sam Darnold starting, I will (laughs) take I will take a bite of mayo every single episode of the podcast throughout the entire offseason next year. Wow. That is Sam Darnold is there, you know, like we can win with Sam Darnold. Maybe they could do it. Maybe they can. I take it down now. If they win with Sam Darnold, I will literally take a bite of mayo every single episode. Wow. Can you just, can you just like, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. 
I think Sam Darnold stinks. He's the like, worst quarterback in the NFL. The worst starting quarterback in the NFL. He has been. This is not fake. This is not me just being opinionated. His stats show he is the worst quarterback in the NFL since 2018. I'm not saying he can't be solid with Kyle Shanahan. We've seen quarterbacks. He's going to be throwing to wide open guys. He has all the weapons in the world. He like, and it's a great system. He will be fine. And he has like, he has a good enough arm. It's going to be fine. Like he will definitely look the best he's ever looked in his career. But if you can do it with Sam Darnold, if you can make Sam Darnold look good, then you can make Trey Lance a superstar. And you're just throwing that away for the hopes that Sam Darnold can just not be the worst quarterback in the league. Like that's your goal. Like that's embarrassing. I just it's going to be so hard to root for this team when Sam Darnold's starting because you know it's going to happen. I don't that man just annoys the crap out of me. He does nothing wrong. He does nothing wrong. He has zero personality that I've seen. He has zero like <laughs> not, like there's nothing out there. It's like show something. Show something, please. And then he just makes these stupid mistakes and he just looks like there's nothing there's nothing going on. I don't know. He's seeing but, ghosts. But most of Michelle's coming out. I love it. There we go. Keep drinking that. It's the podcast is going to get better and better as we go along. So don't <laughs> go anywhere. Uh, but I agree. Like Sam Darnold stinks. He stinks. He's not good. He's never been good. And he's going to look fine with Kyle Shanahan. So that's the thing. So people are going to be like, see? But it's like, oh, my goodness. But see, like, just give Trey Lance some time, and he would be right. a thousand times better than the worst quarterback. If you can make the worst quarterback in the league be okay, then then what did you guys do to Trey Lance? Because why did you try? Did you just admit you 100% failed at <laughs> scouting i mean that's what it would have to be at that, that would point. be less frustrating yeah, if they just said just, we think we missed we missed we missed he's a huge bust he's worse than sam darnold like if he loses out to sam darnold you're saying he's worse than sam darnold and like baker mayfield beat out sam darnold last year and i love me some baker but like it, it was easy like every single report coming out of the panthers training camp was Baker's running away with this. Like he looks like the clear cut leader. He has way more leadership qualities. He's slinging the ball. He like, it's just so much more exciting when he's on the field than Sam Darnold. Like if you're telling me that Trey Lance can't beat out this lame veteran worst quarterback in over the last five years, then just admit he was a miss. I think he can't like, I'm not worried about that. Oh but yeah, No, I think he can, but also like splitting the reps is the most ridiculous right. thing I've ever heard. That's the point. And like Grant Cohn brought up on Wednesday, like whether it's darn, let's say they want to go with Darnold or Trey or whoever they go with, even if it's Brock, like that person is not going to have a full quantity of practice reps in the preseason to be as prepared as they could be if they had the full go, you know? So like, no matter who you pick, you're kind of hurting your team a little bit. And the weird justification I keep hearing David Carr said it on NFL Network. Albert Breer said it with Rich well, David Eisen. David Carr thinks that Derek Carr is the best quarterback to ever exist. So take it with a grain of salt. Chris Sims has said it on PFT Live. And I, it drives me nuts. People are like, hey, don't forget Sam Darnold, the third overall pick. He's got some talent there. You know who else is a third <laughs> overall pick who has talent? Trey Lance. The guy they have on their team already. <laughs> so all the stupid justifications that people want to make for why Sam Darnold could be better than he has been, all of those apply to the guy they already have. It's a weird, it's like the Twilight Zone here sometimes. What we do, like if Sam Darnold is going to start some games, I mean, Christian McCaffrey should already probably be the 101 of fantasy drafts next year, like because he's already great, but... That dude, he will check down to CMC a thousand and one times. It doesn't matter who's open. It doesn't matter. He doesn't know how to read. He doesn't know how to read the field. So he will check down the Christian McCaffrey over and over and over. And that's why the Panthers. Well, I guess he didn't get to play with the Panthers all that much. But the reason why the Panthers struggled is because they use CMC in that way far too much. And it's like. Yes, he is a fantastic receiving back, but a fantastic receiving back averages about eight yards per reception. When you throw to your wide receivers, wide receivers averaging eight yards per reception would be absolutely terrible. Awful. Awful. Yep. So like you just get way more by using your wide receivers, using your tight ends than it is using your running backs too much. And that's kind of what scares me as I think like I just 
know he's going to lean on CMC so hard. Well, this is my worry because you could see a clear difference, regardless of the quarterback last year. The 49ers offense was averaging 19 points a game before Christian McCaffrey got there. And after he got there, they blew up. They were up near 30 points a game. And I don't think it had as much to do with the quarterbacks as it did with Christian McCaffrey. My worry is that Kyle's going to fall in love with Christian and drive him into the ground and overuse him because he really only uses one back per like he, he has workhorse running backs. If Christian McCaffrey gets hurt next year, can, what is this offense going to look like? Can Brock Purdy, if it's him look as good as he looked, I don't know. That's a scary thought for me. Yeah, they're going to really have to monitor his workload because we've seen, I mean, when the Panthers were overusing him, he was pretty much the whole offense. He got hurt for two straight years where he pretty much didn't play at all. Last year, he he was banged up. I mean, by the time he got to the playoffs, he is banged up. It wasn't bad enough for him to have to sit, but he's a smaller dude. Like he can't take as many hits. He can't, 400 touches for him. I like it, it's going to be questionable if he can get through a season with that. So they're try to use Elijah Mitchell for the first two games before he gets his injury and then go from there with the other guys. But yeah, they're going to have to monitor that because he's so special. He doesn't need 25 touches a game. He doesn't right. like, get him like 17, 18. I think that's like the really sweet spot and try not to push it over that unless there's like a really big need for one or two games. And then once you get the lead, like get these other guys in. Uh, yeah. If you want to wear down the clock at the end of the game, you can do that with Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason or hell, maybe even Ty Davis just, price. Yeah. yeah. Like you hey, did it with Alfred Morris. Back if you in don't the fumble, we'll let you touch it. Like, that's I, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely going to have to be a balance there. McCaffrey, if you're wondering, had 211 touches with the 49ers in 11 games. He had 118 in six games with the Panthers. So that's 329 total touches. It's a lot. 300 is a lot. I think year. three, 300, 325 should be his sweet spot next year. Don't get him. Don't try to push it to 400. I agree. That would be an absolute mistake. And we'll see how Kyle Shanahan manages that whole thing. Um, but regardless of the quarterback, it is a nice little safety net to have. So keeping him healthy, prime importance for the Niners next year. Okay, let's get into some over-unders now. This is... My, one of my favorite parts of the of the offseason. I love over-unders. I have a whole system. I'm that guy. I am system Ooh. guy. Can I tell you, you my tell system? Us, yeah, tell us about the system. Look, I'm willing to share it, okay? That's how generous I I just solve problems. That's all I do. First thing I do is I look at a team's schedule, and I'm like, all right, what are all the easy wins? Like games that, of course, we can't predict with perfect accuracy, but just games that I think that no doubt this team should win, and I write them all down. And then I go through, and I look the opposite direction. What are the games I think that they're going to lose? And I try to be as negative towards a team as possible. So I don't give you easy wins. If there's any doubt in my mind, I don't give you the easy win. And I, with the losses, I'm like, you know what? Maybe they will lose that game. So I'm, I, that's how I look at it. And then the rest of the games I call 50-50 games. Okay. And I look at the number for the win total. And I look at the combination of the easy wins and the 50-50 games. If you have to win the majority of your 50-50 games, I don't take your over. But if you don't have to win the majority of your 50-50 games, that's where I put my money down. Does that make sense? Is that logical? It does. I like it. I think you're being pessimistic in a way yes. where you're like, okay, like I could lose games that I was not expecting them to lose. Like the NFL is so unpredictable. So, you know, if a really good team loses – the Chiefs lost to the Colts. Am I going to be okay if a game like that happens? Like, I don't want to be right on the line, you know? So I totally right. get your process there. I like it. And I think that's a perfect way to talk about this 49ers line first, because let's go through their schedule quickly with their line. I mean, it's at 11 and a half tied for the highest in the NFL with the Chiefs, which by the way, smash that Chiefs line. They will kill that. And it's actually Pretty good odds, minus 110. It's not even like crazy. So smash that. But it's wild the 49ers are there when you don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Like, you don't know when Brock Purdy is going to be back healthy. You don't know if it's going to be Sam Darnold or Trey Lance starting to start the season. And they're at 11 and a half, the highest with the Chiefs. What do you think about that? 
I think Vegas is telling you they don't give a bleep who the quarterback is for the 49ers because they don't even know. Nobody, they, this win total came out and they weren't even totally sure what Brock Purdy's surgery was going to be. Like, it's they don't care. It doesn't matter to Vegas. It's the highest win total in the NFC, more than the Eagles, more than the Cowboys, more than the Lions, who everybody loves, who I'll get to a little bit later. So that is really telling to me. Vegas thinks this roster is very, very strong. And I don't know about you, but I went through and I have 10 quote unquote easy wins for the 49ers in their schedule. The two games against Arizona, the two games against the Rams, the Giants, the Bucks, one game against the Seahawks, because I'll be generous and say the Seahawks are going to improve this year, even though the Niners beat them three times last year. So I put the Seahawks in there, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota. Do you take issue with any of those? Yes. So I actually have them at 11 wins, but it's not ones that I think are all easy per se. So I have Arizona twice. I have the Rams once, but they'll probably beat them twice, but I do expect them to be better and we can get into their line a little bit. Seahawks once Dallas, because you guys just always be like Dallas is a harder team, a harder opponent that you could put as 50, 50, but like, I don't know, like the 49ers just always beat them. So I'm not worried about it. Well, wait a minute. You can't say they always beat Dallas and then not put both Rams games in there. Well, I know they dominate the Rams. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's why I'm okay with adding them in, but then maybe Mm -hmm. you put Dallas down the giants, the Ravens. If there's no Lamar, if there is Lamar, I think that's where you put in with the 50, 50. The Buccaneers at Washington, at Cleveland, at Vikings. Those are the 11 wins, right? And I, I'm i okay with having the Rams once because I think there is a way that there is a possibility of losing one of those Washington or Cleveland games. Even though they seem easy wins, it's still like at those stadiums and who knows if Deshaun Watson gets better. Who knows what Sam Howell looks like? Like it, it could be interesting games. The losses though. I do have Pittsburgh in the losses. You have to go at Pittsburgh. And I have a feeling it's going to be a night game because 49ers Pittsburgh seems like a good night game. What and quarterback are the Steelers going to throw at the 49ers? Kenny Pickett. He actually, <laughs> he, he impressed me at the end of the year. I'll give him that. He, he, I think the pit, I think the Steelers beat the 49ers. Tiny little baby hands. Kenny Pickett. That that's the guy that you yes. think is going to beat the 49ers. I do. I do at home. If it was in, San Francisco, I'd give it to San Francisco at home. I think mostly if it's a night game, I think the Steelers win. What a homer pick by yeah. Steeler fan, Michelle. My I do, and God. I, I put the Bengals in here, but it's not because I think they would lose to the Bengals. I think it'll be a close game, but that's one of those 50, 50 where I'm, I'm giving them the loss, right? I'm like trying to be on the more pessimistic side there mm-hmm. at Eagles. It's going to be super hard. It's super the, hard. So I'm giving them the loss and then the Seahawks one loss. And like I said, the Rams one loss and I'm fine. If you want to say that's not going to happen. So I have them at 11 and six. I just think 11 and a half is way too risky. I, I, that's, I could see them winning 12, 13 games, but that's so hard to bet on. Yes. There's a lot of variance there. And to me, it swings on two things. One. And you mentioned, you mentioned both of them, actually. What does Deshaun Watson look like? If he plays like Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, then I probably put that in the loss in my system. I probably put that in the loss column for the 49ers because he was a top two quarterback in the league with the Houston Texans. If he plays like he played last year with the Browns, that's a win for the 49ers or at least a 50-50 game. So that's a question. And then Lamar, what happens with Lamar? If Lamar is on the Ravens, that's a 50-50 game at best. He's already beaten the 49ers. If he's gone, then I put that in the 50-50 column for the Niners at worst. So it's going to hinge on those two things. I have Baltimore in the 50-50 right now and Cleveland in the loss column. Because again, I'm trying to be pessimistic. So by Where my do you system- have the Jaguars? Because I accidentally left that off. I have that in the loss again because it's at Jaguars. I think the 49ers can beat them. I'm just trying to be realistic here that I do know they're going to lose some games. Like they're not going to go 17-0. So <laughs> at Jaguars, I do think they showed a great growth last year. They could get better. I put them in the loss. Do you have them as an easy win there? No, I have him in the 50-50 okay. because okay. Trevor Lawrence, if he plays up to his capabilities, could have one of those games where he just goes nuts and maybe they can pull out a win. So by my count, I have 10 easy wins for the 49ers and I have three 50-50 games. So right now, the Niners right. would have to win two out of those three to hit the over. 
But if I know Lamar Jackson's not going to be on the Ravens, I may be more likely to take the Niners over because that would give them 11 wins and then they only have to win one of the 50-50 games. So it definitely hinges on what happens with Lamar. Wait, so you don't even have at Steelers as a 50-50 game? No. No. Okay. okay. The Steelers That's wild. stink. They really got going at the end. You have to remember, they they their record with TJ Watt last year was not bad in the slightest. It's just they lost mm-hmm. every single game without TJ Watt. So, uh, and they still ended plus 500. They had like the worst record ever without, I, I don't think they won a game without TJ Watt. If they did, it was one. They won one game. Yeah, so, they were finished nine and eight and they won our last four. Yeah. And like with TJ Watt, they're a completely different defense. And I, I think, I think Kenny Pickett's okay enough to get to nine wins. And I, I think it's a 50 50 game at, I don't think you're understanding like at Pittsburgh, especially we'll see if it's how late in the year it is. It gets frigid. It gets windy. It gets nasty. And then if you put that as a night game, that crowd and it, it's a, it's a fun time. Yeah. I'm not worried. Um, uh... So, yeah, that hinges for me on the Niners. I don't know what happens. Are you guys going to hate me that week? Oh, I cannot wait for that week. Of you know, Levin There's wants so to do, fun. he wants to do the road trip and go to, not Heinz anymore, but whatever the heck the stadium the Steelers play at is. Is it still Heinz? Yeah. I don't even know. No, it's like Akrasher. I refuse yeah. to call Ooh. it that. I call um, it Heinz Field. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he wants to everybody to go. He wants you there. He, he lives in that area, so he wants me to go and travel, and that's going to be like the gold standard meetup. That would but be you're not going to be able to go because you'll be working for NFL Network. I know, and I took off a Sunday this last season, but I'll try. I'll try it out. It would be so fun to go back to Pittsburgh. I, you, know, you know I used to live there, so we could see yeah. our friends, and it would be a good time. So ultimately, are you going, you're taking the under then, it sounds like. I wouldn't want to bet on it. So I have different categories that I wrote up every team. I have love, love the bets. Interesting. You know, I'm, I'm interested, but it kind mm-hmm. of feels a little risky with my money and then just completely staying away. I put the 49ers as staying away. I could see both sides very easily because like 11 wins you lose. And that is a really good season. <laughs> 11 right. wins is a really good season and you would lose this bet. And I think them being tied for the highest over with the Chiefs without knowing the quarterback, it's just way too risky for me. I don't, I wouldn't want to bet on either one because I really could see it go. Like it's just a flip of the coin. Do you win 12, 13 games or do you win 10, 11? Like that's, that's where I feel like they're at 10 to 13. And it could be either, either side. That's totally reasonable. Would your opinion change if I told you you were going to get Brock Purdy for 17 games? No, because I don't know what his arm's going to look like. It, do they rush him back? is did that elbow injury just take a little bit from him does like was it just a wild run i mean sometimes we see these guys just have a wild run and is he going to be as good in the second season when he didn't even have an off season to prepare or get like it no it i would actually feel better if i knew trey lance was starting 17 games yeah me too um but so yeah bet at your own risk for the 49ers i i definitely don't feel totally confident enough and definitely not confident enough to put my money down on the Niners. I have three other teams that I feel very confident in. Um, some overs, one I so under. Many. I have so many that I love. That I you feel one, two, really three, confident four, five, in? Six, I have eight. So and I only eight. bet like three or four win totals a year. Because again, if I'm not like gung-ho about it, I don't put my money down. Do you know it's crap? This is what I think is crap about this whole betting process. We are betting in like a, a lot of people are betting in March or April on these win totals. Mm-hmm. A, you should get more money for that because you're waiting so long to get your money back. And these odds are just not like, this is not a great way to spend your money betting. If I was like educating people to bet, don't make these bets. If you were to do it, you like almost have to do like a three team bet to make it worth it. But then also parlays are like the worst way to go too. <laughs> so, because like you could bet on the chargers right now over nine and a half, it's minus minus one twenty-five. If you put down a hundred dollars, you win $75 right. and you waited a whole year basically to get your money. Like, it's just not worth it. It's really not worth it, but these are exciting at the same time. And I have a lot of things. I have a lot of opinions and ones I feel strong about. Okay. 
Uh, since I have less that I feel strong about, can we run through some of those first? Yes. All right. Next up, and this is, again, I have the system. I am adhering to the system. One of the most frustrating things for me this offseason has been the hype that the Lions are getting. Yep. So many people love the Lions. I am not on board that train to me. I, I want to see more from them. So I, I went into this, and I was like, I'm going to stick it to the Lions. I can't wait to take the Lions under. And then I started looking, and then I saw their number, which is at nine and a half. And I have to say, reluctantly, I'm taking the over on the oh, Lions. Oh, we went different ways here. I'm, I'm shocked. I thought we were on the same. I thought we, you your thought process was going right with me, and I was, like, so excited. <laughs> and we... You know, what's so weird is we completely flip-flop. I was going into this, looking at their odds, like, love the Lions this year. I'm sure they have them like at like seven and a half, eight and a half. I am smashing that over. And then I looked and it was nine and a half. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I think I'm going to bet the under on them. It's not in one of my loves. It's an interesting, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought we were going to the same place there. We want I, totally different spaces. So explain your side first. Okay. First, I did make the assumption that Aaron Rodgers will not be on the Packers. Yep. So that is a key part of this. I have them with two wins over Green Bay, Chicago, Minnesota, Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. I think that it's pretty safe to assume the Lions will beat those teams. That's seven games right there. You don't think that the Packers could win one game even without Aaron Rodgers? I think they could. No, they beat the Packers last year when the Packers had their playoff lives on the line. And the Lions yeah. had nothing to play for, and the Lions still beat them. I know. I think the Lions were so pumped up for that game, though. I think the Packers still take one. And we'll talk about them later. I'm high on the Bears. So I think the Bears yes, take I at know least you are. one. And I think the Vikings take one, which, what did you have? You had, had them losing to the Packers, or beating the Packers twice, and how many times to the Bears and Vikings? Uh, beating the Bears once, beating the Vikings once. Okay, so we agree there. Uh, I only have two, like, for sure losses on the Lions' schedule, and that's Kansas City and Dallas, especially on the road in both of those games. To me, okay. those those are losses. There's no shame in losing to either one of those teams, by the way. So then I have eight 50-50 games in my system here, and so in order to hit the over, they only have to win three of those games. They don't even have to go 500 in those 50-50 games. If they go three and five in those eight games, I'm in the money. And so those 50-50 games for me were Chicago, Minnesota, Denver, the Raiders, Seattle, the Saints, the Chargers, and the Ravens, especially the Ravens if Lamar is not there. So to me, they only got to win three of those games. I'll take that, and I'll take the over. So this is my reasoning, right? To take the over, you have to bet minus 150. So everybody Oof. is on your side. Everyone loves lines. You're betting $100 to win 50. If you bet the under nine and a half, it's plus 120. So if you bet $100, you win $120. Listen, I get the lines are exciting and I am rooting for them as well. And I think they're going to be a better team. But what if they're just the usual Lions? What if they disappoint as usual? What if their defense isn't any better? Because their defense has been garbage. Like, what if <laughs> they're not any better? What if Jared Goff doesn't have as good of a season? What if DJ Chark leaving with that speed? They do have Jamison Williams to bring in the speed, so they should be okay. What if not having TJ Hawkinson there and dealing with, like, pretty much no tight end is a big deal? What if having Jamal Williams that scored one gazillion touchdowns is no, is no longer on your team? What if that does have an impact? I just, if I'm going to put a bet on this, this is why it's not in love. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. If I'm putting a bet on it, it's on the under because I get they're exciting and they're a fun team to root for. Remember the Jaguars back in before they went to the AFC championship the year before that, they were like the most every fun team year, to root for. basically. <laughs> yeah. They were the most fun team to root for. I think it was in 2017 or 2016. Everyone thought they were going to be better and they were absolute garbage. Now they got better the year after, but I'm just going to take the chance that they're the same old lions. And I'm going to take the under nine and a half. This is a weird thing for me in real life. I'm super skeptical on the Lions. I don't think, I think they're getting way too much love, way too much hype, all of that stuff. It's only when talking about specifically the win total do I feel like taking the over. In real life, I, I think that people talked up the Lions way too much last year for what they actually did on the field. Would you put a hundred bucks down to win $50 on the Lions uh, over nine and a half? 
So that's the other thing I will admit. I didn't look at the actual odds. I just just purely looked at the win total number. And so you're right. At having to put up a hundred dollars just to win fifty is crazy. So yeah, I I probably wouldn't do that bet because of the odds, but just the number to me looked off. And that's really what I was looking at when I wrote up all my notes. And I don't think it's cool that they can have bets like that. Like if it's at minus one fifty, put it higher. Like make it higher. Put it at ten and a half. Like you shouldn't have to bet the over, and like you shouldn't have to like believe in the Lions and then not get to win on them. You know, it's kind of bet, these betting companies are pissing me off lately. If you can't tell, <laughs> oh, yeah. How's that uh, mimosa? Half empty. <laughs> it is actually. I'm uh-huh. getting there. Okay. The next team that I feel super strong about, and you brought it up, yeah. Kansas City at 11 smash. and a half. You don't even have to really talk about it. It's just a smash. I mean, I mean, I, honestly, like, do they really have any, like, quote unquote, easy losses to me? No. But I, again, I'm trying to be super pessimistic. So technically, I gave them three, but that's nine sure wins on their schedule. And then they only have to go three and two on their five 50 50 games that I have. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, like, to me, the only thing that stops this is a Mahomes injury. It's if he Mahomes plays, injury. Yeah. there's no way they don't get there. There's no way. Look at their schedule. Vegas twice, Denver, the Chargers, the Bears, the Lions, the Patriots, the Packers potentially without Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings. Like, give me a break. This is this seems like easy money. The, the only, like Really, with any of these overs you feel good about, you can get screwed. By an injury for sure. And if you bet an under and someone gets injured, you just lucked into it, right? Right. That's if you bet the under on the Chiefs, the only way I think you win is if you luck into an injury with Patrick Mahomes. Like that's it. And they're only minus 110. So you make $90 on your 100, like smash, smash. That's going into a parlay that is just like the easiest of wins as long as Mahomes stays healthy. And even the 50 50 games I have, like I was Buffalo. 50-50 game for sure. Miami, Philly, Jacksonville. I mean, it was generous to put Jacksonville in there. And I put the Jets in there as a 50-50 game only because of Aaron Rodgers. And I don't even really believe that. So, like, to me, I just, this, I get scared when it seems like easy money because Vegas has had made their fortune taking the money of idiots like me that think that they're going to clearly have an advantage over the house. But I just, I don't know how else this doesn't happen except for an injury. I agree. All right, that was that was pretty fast. I, I didn't really expect you to fight with me there, but I don't know why. I thought that would take longer. And then the next one I have, and this is an under that I feel pretty strong about, the New York football giants Ooh. at eight and a half. To me, I, I just, I think that last year was a massive fluke in a weak NFC and nobody knew what Brian Dayball was going to do. Now they have a whole offseason to study it. They have a whole season of tape on Daniel Jones, who I never believed in and never will. I I just don't see it with the Giants. They have four easy wins to my eyes. I gave them a split against Washington, Arizona, the Rams, and the Packers. That's it. So now I need five wins in 50-50 games. And I only I have five 50-50 games on their schedule. So they got to win all of them, according yeah. to me, to hit the over. That is a definite under bet for me. The 50-50 games I have are the Jets, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Raiders. And I think that's being generous with some of those. Yeah, they have a really hard schedule. They do. Because they have to play their own division. They have to play the AFC East and then also the NFC West. So it's not looking pretty for them. And they had a really easy schedule last year. Are they actually good? Like, no one really knows. They did win a so. game against the Vikings. I put them as staying away. I'm not touching it. I could see them winning nine games again. I could also see them winning four games. Like who are their nine wins? No, I don't know. So I actually, <laughs> if I had to bet one, I'm betting the under. Like I'm with you yes. there. I would bet the under, but I, I put them as staying away because no, like, are they actually good? I just don't believe it. I don't. Believe I don't it. think that they are. And look at some of the games on their schedule. Two games against Dallas. Dallas whooped them last year. Two games against Philly. Philly's way better. Washington, they went, what did they go? 1-0-1 against Washington last year, I think. Yeah. So, I, to me, that's probably, Washington, I think, is better. San Francisco, the Niners should whoop them. Buffalo and Miami. Like, I, I would be stunned if the Giants. 
Well, I put the Jets in 50-50, but oh, okay. I would be stunned if the Giants won any of those games. So to me, like, I know it's like, oh, it's a good story. And Giants fans are all pumped up because they brought back Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Like, no, no way to me. I think this is, I might feel the most comp, well, other than the Chiefs, I guess. The Chiefs, I feel really good about too. But in terms of unders, like, this is, this is it for me. The only game on their schedule where I'm like, that should 100% be a win is the Cardinals. And the rest of them, I don't, I wouldn't be able to necessarily say the Giants should win it. So, yeah. yeah Sorry, I, Big I, Blue. I am with you. Okay. Uh, who else do you feel strongest about? So, you know, I'm going to pick my Steelers. Steelers over eight and a half. I mean, come on. How many years in a row does Mike Tomlin not have to have a losing season? <laughs> and it could not have got worse at the quarterback position than last year. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was terrible. Kenny Pickett started off absolutely garbage. He did show some promise at the end of the year. And, you know, they ended with the four-game win streak. But, like, it couldn't have got worse than last year. And they still pulled off nine wins. I think the Ravens, they could very likely lose Mar Lamar. You don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to be better. I, I just think they, I think they pull out nine wins like they always do. And I, I think this is a smash over. They have to play San Francisco. They have to play. They're Seattle. better when they play a hard schedule. They just are. They play up to their competition. They lose to the bad teams. I much prefer when they have to play the hard teams. Oh man! If this like, was look seven at the teams and they half. lost to last year, and then look at the teams they beat. It's like, why do you like? We lost to the Jets and then beat the beat Tom. I mean, I guess Tom Brady and the Buccaneers weren't that good, but we were kind of their downfall. The Buccaneers were playing okay, and then they had to come to the Steelers, come to Pittsburgh, <laughs> and we destroyed them and broke their souls. But when you don't have the better quarterback, how like, do you how many know Kenny Pickett's not better than? Like, how do you know what Brock Purdy is going to look like? It could be freaking Sam Darnold. I'll tell you right now, Kenny Pickett's already better than Sam Darnold. Is he better than Geno Smith? Is he better than Matt Stafford? Is he better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he better than he Joe Burrow? Could be. Well, not Joe Burrow. He could be better than all those guys you named before, not Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow. But it yeah. was literally, he's going into a second year. And I do, like, there. I there's no one that hates Kenny Pickett more than me. There's no one that was sadder <laughs> on draft night. Than when that pick happened, because I call him tiny or I call him baby hand Sam Darnold, and you guys know how I feel about Sam Darnold. But there was actual moments where I was like, "Holy shit, I might be wrong about this guy." Like he <laughs> did show flashes. I think our offensive coordinator is absolutely the worst OC in the league. We'll see if he can overcome that, but I'm still giving so, him nine nine wins. Let me see. So you have a quarterback that's flashed, but you generally were really down on him. You have an offensive coordinator that you absolutely hate. And yet your your big rationale here seems to be TJ Watt, who gets hurt a lot. No, he doesn't. He got hurt last year. Yeah, he was banged up all the time last no, year. Last year he missed the one that that time with the torn bicep or torn torn tri what was it? Torn it's right oh, I don't here. know. Bicep tricep. Torn, he tore something. Tore what's right here? I don't know. Whatever that is. Torn something. Up I'm not a shoulder. doctor. That's literally what you're thinking of his brother who gets hurt all the time. Okay. So he actually hasn't missed as much time as I thought. I was wrong no, about that. It was really only he had one and year. he came back way faster than people. It's like he's, yeah, he's not that like was, his brother. Sure. That was totally clean. Uh, torn peck. Torn peck. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see. I, if I don't believe in the quarterback, I have a hard time taking your over. Then you're going to love this one then. And you should agree with All me. Right. Saints under nine and a half. You're actually Ooh. getting money here plus 105. So if you bet a hundred, you get $105. Derek Carr, the losingest quarterback in the first nine seasons of a career or eight seasons, whatever he's played. He has the most losses by a quarterback in NFL history. He's a loser. That's like <laughs> not as a person, but as a football quarterback, there you he's go. A loser. They, their defensive line is demolished from free agency. They lost a ton of their pieces. We have no idea what's going on with Elvin Kamara this year. Who knows? He should be gone for most of the year. You would assume nine and a half. Like I, I don't see it. I get Michael Thomas is supposed to be back, but he's still yeah. not healthy from the toe injury. That's wild. They still said he's not hundred percent. It's Derek Carr and he couldn't even do it last year with Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams. You're telling me he's going to do it with a different team. And I don't think this defense is going to be dominant taking that under. 
It's hard because their division is like every division game is winnable for them. Just it's winnable, but it's so... also losable. Like yeah. I don't think they're any better than any of the other teams. Maybe the Panthers, but I wouldn't go into the game being like, "Oh, the Panthers can never beat the Saints." So, like, yeah, I guess they get their division, but they also had their division last year. And how many games did they win? Seven. I would say there's maybe three games on the schedule where I would consider them the favorite. Maybe the Bears, maybe the Colts and the Texans. Other than that, every game's a 50-50 game. They won seven not... games last year, and guess what? They played in an insanely easy division where nobody had a winning record. So it's pretty much the same exact thing. So I'm not I'm not believing in this. And they games. gotta win ten. Too. Like if it was like seven games. or eight, they're like, okay, but double digits. I know the NFC is weak, but part of the reason the NFC is weak is because the saints are in it. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. I yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that's, that's just way too high. That's a wild line. They have the saints and the Cowboys at the same exact line. Cowboys over nine and a half. That's another one I love. Now it is minus minus one twenty five. So you're putting down 100 to only win 75. But I think this is an easy win. It's not like the Lions one where it could go either way. They're, they've been 12 and 5 each of the last two seasons. That's two more wins than they need. They added Brandon Cooks, who's a real wide receiver, too, across from <laughs> CeeDee Lamb. They got rid of Zeke, and I think that's a plus. Like, they're going to be running with Tony yeah. Pollard more, who's way more of a threat. And then they added Stephon Gilmore to go with Trayvon Diggs on defense. They didn't really lose a ton of pieces. Now, they do have a pretty difficult schedule. I will say that. They had to play the, their own division, the AFC East, the NFC West, the Lions, and the Chargers. Like, pretty hard division. But I would – I like, I if I was picking their record, I wouldn't have them – with less than 10 wins next year. I think they're one of the best teams they are playing in the NFC. I think 10 wins is pretty realistic, like extremely realistic in a way that I am fine putting down some money on them. They'll beat Washington twice. I think they beat Philly once. They should be, they could easily beat the commanders twice. And they'll beat the Rams. They'll beat the Patriots. They'll probably beat the Giants twice. And they could beat the could Lions. Like I put that on there as like a hard game, but they can beat them. They could beat the oh, Chargers. Yeah. Like the Chargers aren't like this dominant for whatever reason. They should be better than they are. <laughs> right. Like, and it's also when you say the AFC East, it's not saying the Cowboys have to lose to the Jets or the Dolphins or the like you said the Patriots. So I don't know. I don't. I don't get actually why their line is so low. Yeah, I would agree. And like you can knock Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys for the playoffs, and that's totally legitimate. And God knows I have, but they do win in the regular season. Like like you said, twelve games past two years. Uh, I think this is a smart bet too. Actually, even though their schedule is tricky, uh, you're right. Like they can't give Zeke the ball if he's not on the team. Yeah. Uh, and I know Tony Pollard. You know he's coming back from a major injury, so that's always a little dicey. But I just think Dak is good enough. I really like the Cooks edition. Like you, like he's Brandon Cooks is going to put up 1,100 yards. He does it basically every season. I don't know why nobody ever wants this guy. Um, and then, and then you're when, with CD Lamb, like, and Gallup's your three now. That's yeah, Gallup's really three. good. They're only missing really the tight end, and which they that, could get in the draft in a yeah. deep tight end draft. They could very likely spend their first rounder on that and get Dalton Kincaid, who would be like a rookie tight ends are hard, but he's going to be fantastic in the NFL. So the only thing I worry about is that now they're running Mike McCarthy's offense. And who did they bring in to be the offense coordinator? I think Brian Schottenheimer, right? Like Mike McCarthy's offense stunk. It was, it was old fashioned. It was something that was outdated. That's the word I'm looking for. It was outdated. And when he got the job with the Cowboys, He's supposed to be an offensive coach, and they didn't run his offense. He learned Kellen Moore's offense. And so now that Kellen Moore is gone, because supposedly McCarthy disagreed with a lot of what he was doing. Well, because he Mike said he didn't Sh- want to be the number one offense. He wants to win games. <laughs> like, what, what do you even mean by that? Being the number one offense helps you win games. Like, <laughs> that's so yeah, what that, I mean. That's a good point. But also, like, I in the NFC, you see the power horse. The power horses? <laughs> Powerhouse. Powerhouses. <laughs> it's getting lower. Uh, you have the 49ers. You have the Eagles. And then the Cowboys are third. Like there is 
there's not really a world I see where they're nine and eight. Like I think 10 and six or better is very, very realistic or 10 and seven, I guess these new With the defense that, that they have that I just, yeah, like they're, cause they're not going to have to score a thousand points a game. If they score they 21 points a game, they'll probably that defense do it. That allows yeah. for turnovers like, and they're going to put the offense in a good spot. And Dak is still a really good quarterback. He's the third best quarterback in the NFC or at least up there in that, in that range. So, I, I get the schedule's a little bit harder, but always some there's sometimes the schedule looks hard. And you're like, actually the schedule wasn't too bad. Like there's teams mm-hmm. that aren't as good as you think they're going to be. And it ends up being just fine. So I think that's an easy win. Uh, another, I have two more I want to discuss. Okay. I actually, I actually have three, but I'll, I'll limit them. Panthers under seven and a half. Why is their line so high? Nobody knows plus a hundred. So you get your full hundred. If you bet a hundred rookie quarterback, we have no idea who they're going to take. And I, I like Bryce Young. I like CJ Stroud, but their weaponry is pretty brutal. Like weaponry? Yeah. Like their skill players to pass to <laughs> the Adam Thielen was once good. He's old, like, and he could still be okay. And he could still be a good mentor for a rookie quarterback. And then you have DJ Chark again, a guy I really like, but I liked him as that kind of just speedster for a team like the lions where he wasn't the, you know, he wasn't a wide receiver one in the slightest. You just used him for big plays. Love that role for him. But who's the wide receiver one for this rookie? And like their, their running backs are okay. Like Miles Sanders was brought in. Their defense is okay, but not elite. I just, I don't see a world where they win eight games. I just don't. And I don't love Frank Reich, by the way. Like I know people think that like he's this up and coming coach. Like he was not good with the Colts and you know, he, he got a lot of with love. Andrew Luck and he was okay with Philip rivers. Like that's it. He got a lot of love because of the success they had in Philly, which is weird. Cause like he wasn't even the head coach. Uh, so I don't love Frank Reich there. I would agree with you. The pan, maybe they will be better in a couple of years, but not this year. Look at their schedule. They got to play Miami. They got to play Seattle, Jacksonville, the lions, the Cowboys, the Vikings. I, I don't see it. I don't like this is where I start to get nervous about taking the under when their win totals in the seven range. But with this one, I think I agree. Listen, teams have to win. I mean, there's teams that win two games. There's teams that win four. like there's teams that do not get over. The, there's a lot of teams that do not get over the 500 mark. And if you're True. putting teams into buckets of over 500 or under the Panthers would be under 500 instantly. Like no one would be like, oh, they're in the over 500. So like, and I don't think it's eight wins. It's not even that close where like, Ooh, will they have eight or nine wins? It's like, no, they're clearly going to have, unless they really, really overdo themselves. And you're like, wow, look at them. Like this rookie is amazing. They totally changed the atmosphere and everything. It's under seven. And I don't actually know why it's so high. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think you've been unfair with any of these. This is weird. The only I, one we really disagreed on, I think, is the Lions, and then I, we flip-flop. We're going to disagree on this one. Well, you disagreed oh, with my Steelers, but it's okay. Oh, that's true. We're going to disagree on this one. I love the Bears this year. Over seven and a half. Now, it seems like a lot of people love the Bears, so that's kind of annoying. A, I thought their line would be lower. I thought it would be more at like six and a half, so seven and a half. They're getting respect from Vegas, and then they're getting respect from betters because it's minus 120, so people are betting on that side of the over. But again, I think they are the Eagles of 2021. Man, my years. So the Eagles ended as nine and eight that year in a soft conference where it wasn't very hard to be a playoff team. They made the playoffs, they got destroyed. I see that how the Bears season will go this year. Like they're in a softer conference, they could make the playoffs at eight or nine wins and they sneak in and they probably get destroyed in the wild card round. But I do think they hit those eight or nine wins. Like I, I, I truly believe that Justin Fields takes that next step up. They added a bunch of weapons. They're building on defense young, but they can definitely get better and they have a bunch of draft picks. And I just, I think they win eight or nine games. I think that your love for Justin Fields as a fantasy quarterback is obscuring your view of Justin Fields, the actual quarterback. Why would you say as a fantasy quarterback? Because I did this podcast before they drafted Trey Lance and I was all in on Justin Fields for the 49ers. That was my love. He was my draft love. He was the one that had the highest potential as a runner and a passer. And I I think he's, you're giving him the short end because, oh, he hasn't like, we haven't seen him be a consistent passer with 
literal crap around him while you know you give Trey Lance all the all the leeway when he's had amazingness around him, which I'm also giving leeway. I think Trey Lance can be good as well. But like it's not you're not being fair to the two quarterbacks whatsoever. I think Justin I'm, Fields has shown a ton of star power, and I think he's only going to get better. And I'm very excited for him. And I think they win eight games or nine. I, I think been, they win nine games. My thing on Lance is not that I know for sure he's going to be great. I just want the 49ers to open the present and let's, I want to find out one way or the other. That's my Lance issue with Justin Fields. How many times did Justin Fields go over 200 yards passing last year? It doesn't matter. I do Twice. not care. Yes, I it do does matter. Not, no, it doesn't. It, two, okay. This is the same exact argument I had about Josh Allen after the 2019 season. This is the same exact argument I had about Jalen Hurts before last season. I have felt this strongly about two guys, and I swear to God, I'm not just making this up. It has been Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, and they're the same type of guys where they started off their careers as runners, and they were given this time to get better as passers because they were such good runners. Because if they weren't good runners, they would have never been given this time to get better. And this is exactly how I feel about Justin Fields. I think next year he's going to show such growth as a passer that he's going to take a huge leap forward because he's had this time to develop. They weren't using him correctly as his rookie season at all. They were trying to make him just a passer. That was terrible. And then last year, they <laughs> finally started to learn after a few games in the season, what's the best way to utilize him so he can grow. And now I think next year they actually got him weapons and he's going to show huge growth. I think it was a mistake for the 49ers to pick Trey Lance over Justin Fields. And I will die on that hill. Did the Bears have good weapons around him in 2021? Or did they have bad weapons no, around him in 2021? Bad weapons. Right. Well, guess what? Justin Fields threw for less yards in 2022 than he did in 2021. Well, so he didn't when even, he should he be missed a bunch of games last year, didn't he? When he should be getting better. He played 15 games last year. He played 15 games last what year. What was his total yards? Did he did he increase his total yards? He threw for 2,200 yards last year, 149 per game. In 2021, he threw for 1,870, which is 155 yards per game. So he's he's passing when it should be getting better because he's had more time in the league. Is actually getting worse. Who did he have to pass to last year? Like he it was he had the same crappy receivers in 2021 though. Okay. So how did he throw for more yards then? I. I think that people are giving Fields way too much credit because he makes amazing plays. He is incredible as a runner. As a passer, he's got work to do, and he's going to so have weapons around him this year. So what are you going to do if the Bears are great next year because Justin Fields is great? You, got, you have to owe me something. Why? I'm not making any bets. I'm you certainly not me, doing any mayonnaise. You owe me a Justin Fields signed jersey to hang up in my office. <laughs> I don't have any you money. You better buy it Can now I while it's cheaper. Can I get a job first? How about that? Well, hopefully next year at this time you have one. That would be the right. goal. And uh, I need something because I need something. You didn't yeah, like Jalen Hurts very much either. So I'm going to hold that against you. I was, no, see that, I think you're revising history there. You know how I grade quarterbacks. It takes me a long time to come around. It takes me more than one year to come around. And what did I say with, with Jalen Hurts? I need to see it. And you know what? Last year, I saw it, and so I expect big things from Jalen Hurts in 2023. Justin, Justin Fields, Fields, I've never seen. If he was on it. the 49ers, if Justin Fields was on the 49ers, he get if he got drafted by them, he would already be he would he, he would just he would be better than Brock Purdy. He would be a star because he would have all of these weapons, and he would be in a, a fantastic system, and it would have just been a completely different situation. Like, I don't understand the logic of going for a project in Trey Lance. If you weren't ever going to be patient enough for him to get the reps, Justin Fields had the reps in a huge conference. And he, he had, he was played on a huge, you know, he played in the national championship games. He had all this experience. If that's what you wanted and you wanted someone with high upside, I just don't get why they went with Lance over fields. I don't, I don't get it. They've never really explained it, but here's what I think. I think, number one, they didn't think Trey was a project. I think they thought he was going to be pro-ready because he ran a play-action system okay, well, in that's college. that's a whole other issue, then, if they don't know how uh, to. I agree with you, but this is this is what I'm saying. <laughs> the like, whole this world is, is I... telling you he's raw and he's a project, and they're like, nope, we're right, you're wrong. Here's the biggest thing, though, I think. Kyle 
wants to control his quarterbacks. He wants a quarterback that's going to throw the ball wherever he tells him to throw it, whenever he tells him to throw it there. That's what he wants. I think they looked at Trey Lance and they were like, this guy has barely played. He has no habits that he needs to unlearn. He's going to come in and we're going to be able to mold him. And Kyle's like, I'm going to, his habits are going to be exactly what I tell him because he hasn't played enough to form any of his own. So I think they thought he was pro ready. I think they thought Kyle was going to be able to mold this ball of clay. And I think they thought he's going to be fast enough to run around to, to bail me out when I get into trouble. And then they found out he does need reps. He's not quite as fast as they thought. And he does have some habits that need to get changed. And then Kyle was like, forget it. We got Brock. I'm moving off you. That's what I think it was. They should have just drafted Mac Jones at that point then. Because he would have just done exactly what you asked. He would have been accurate. He would have gotten the job done. And he would have been whatever. We're not we're not going back to the quarterback thing. Can I say my last my last favorite bet? Of course. The Dolphins over nine and a half. Plus one hundred mm. odds. Tua just I mean, for them to hit this, Tua just needs to not knock his head on the ground. But you are risking that he gets because it's I don't even think two is that fantastic of a quarterback. I really don't. I think he has a lot of, a lot of good qualities. Uh, I think he's limited in a way like he's like Kirk cousins almost, but when he goes down, what they had behind him was just, you, you saw like, they're not going to win a game without him with what they had behind him. Did they sign a bet? Oh, they signed Mike white. We'll see. Yay. We'll see see if he's good (laughs) enough. Uh, They do have a pretty hard schedule. They have their own division, AFC East. They have the AFC West. They have the NFC East. But I do believe the Dolphins win 10 games or 11 games with that talent that they have if Tua stays healthy. I totally understand if you want to stay away from it because Tua gets another concussion. Does he even come back? Like, does he even come back? He may be done. He may be done. So, like, maybe I'm not bold enough to bet that either. But if Tua stays healthy, I do think they hit that 10. And it's so hard to make these bets by thinking about injuries because injuries are so random. You just, you never know. But I think that there's a difference between like, let's say betting on Patrick Mahomes to stay healthy, who for the most part has been healthy in his entire career versus someone like Jimmy Garoppolo or Tua who have had a really hard time staying healthy. Like hurt guys get hurt. So yeah, anybody could get injured. But guys that have been injured multiple times in multiple years, that's a riskier bet. I think two is too risky a bet. I'm interested to see how that offense looks in year two. Because again, like year one, Greg Roman's offense looked awesome the first time we he ran it with Colin Kaepernick and the league didn't know how to stop it. And then after that, the league caught up. Now, I'm not saying that the league's going to catch up to Mike McDaniel, but I don't know if they're going to have the same level of success as they did last year, especially because... The offense didn't look nearly as good when Tua went out. So no. it's, this is too risky for me. I think the Dolphins will be very good, and they easily could hit the over, but it's I don't feel comfortable enough with it for me. Then let's end on another NFC West team, and we'll get you out of here. I know we're over an hour, but it, this is fun <laughs> to talk about. So the Rams over 7.5. Pretty low, right? Do we think they get back? They're not going to get back to their 2021 selves where they're Super Bowl contenders. But if Matthew Stafford is healthy and Cooper Cup is healthy and they're, they fix their offensive line a little bit and it's not as terrible as it was, like, will Sean, Sean, yeah, Sean McVay, I don't know why mm-hmm. I just left at that. Will he actually lose that many games with a healthy Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup? Or they can pull out eight games, right? Like, I definitely feel like they're not going to be as bad as last year. They're not going to be as good as 2021. But I think they can win eight or nine games. I don't know. I mean, a healthy Stafford would be massive. Because McVay, we've seen Sean McVay look. He said no limitations to Stafford. Now, coaches lie, players lie. But he Mm -hmm. said no limitations to Stafford going into 2023. But don't you think there's just a vibe? I mean, a lot of his quotes have talked about like, oh, you know, we've had a good run these past five years. I feel like there's just this vibe around the Rams where like they don't expect themselves to be good. Like how motivated are you going to be if you're Matt Stafford? Like you, you know what these seasons are like. He's had plenty of years with the Lions where, you know, going in, you ain't winning a damn thing. Jalen Ramsey's no longer there. They still have Aaron Donald. They still have Cooper Cup. 
They still have Alan Robinson, I think. I think he's pointless, but still. <laughs> right. Technically, uh, he's there. I don't know if it's a positive. It's all about that offensive line, which I don't think they've done a whole lot in free agency to fix that, which is shocking. And they probably don't have a ton of draft picks because they never do. But they like they have the commanders they could beat. They have the Giants. They have the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. They have the Ravens, possibly, without Lamar Jackson. They have the Colts. They have the Browns. They have the Saints two Cardinals games and I'm already at nine right there. It doesn't mean they're going to be all those teams, but you know, they could definitely sneak out. There's no games besides like the 49ers that and the Eagles that I'm like, Oh, they can't win. Mm. So they have 11 picks in the draft. So it's actually more than you think. Now they don't have a first round pick, but they have 11 picks in the draft. So they're pretty excited about that. I just, I don't see it with the Rams. They don't even have a home field advantage. I, I just feel like they think, hey, we're going to step back this year and then, you know, we'll see where we're at. This is a, they're going to retool the process. You know, I still don't even know how long Sean McVay is going to be there. I know he said like, oh, you know, I'm going to be here for years to come. Yeah, we'll see when the networks start offering you $30 million a year to go do games. Um, I'm down on the Rams this year and uh, I'm down on them for probably the next couple of years, to be honest, even though I do think Sean McVay is a good coach, but there's no way I'm going to bet the over on the Rams. If I had to bet one, I would bet the over. I would. And I think it might depend on the start that they get off to, right? Like if they get off to a good start, maybe it's like, hey, we're not going to be as bad as people thought. We still have Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. If they lose like three out of their first five or two out of their first three, do then people just say, oh, we are rebuilding after all. And, you know, well, you know, we had a good run and we'll get at it next year. I almost wonder if like the start is it will dictate kind of how the rest of the year goes. I'm sure it will. And then you saw Aaron Donald not come back after just a ankle sprain for the last six weeks because he was like, oh, there's no point in coming back. So if that happens again, totally. But if I had, he may retire, if I had to put a bet in the Rams, I'm taking the over. I feel like you're generally more optimistic on teams than me. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I like my overs. So when I say that's the unders, true. you should really listen. Yeah, if Michelle's picking an under, you should take it to the bank because uh, that's few and far between. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Again, please rate, review, and follow. We need your ratings and your reviews to get that star rating back up. So please, please, please do it. And one last time, if the feed you are subscribed to says we're moving in big red letters, it is going dark as of tomorrow, April 1st. So you need to unsubscribe from that and refollow, resubscribe, whatever you want to call it, to the Gold Standard Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Pods, Spotify, all that good stuff. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend, which is off to a good start because that mimosa is looking just about empty. Yeah, people are probably wondering about our game night that we haven't talked about that we said last podcast, but you, uh, you bailed, you and your wife bailed. So I had you to cancel cool enough. It's fine. No, too big of a star no. stats is too big of a star to hang out with the, the little <laughs> ones. It's like not us. true. I was so, my wife is still not happy about it. She wants to reschedule for next week. She was very upset. She got pulled into a family thing at like the last minute. She was not happy about it. Listen, I told you canceled plans are the best plans. <laughs> we'll get at it. I, I swear to God. And then uh, your opinion of me will either be much, much worse or much, much better. I'm not sure how that's oh, going to turn be great. out. So hopefully next Thursday we can do it and then we can talk about it at next week's pod. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.